Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Afternoon. Welcome to Late Lunch. Brand new week of Late Lunch. Second week of the new year. You're very welcome to the show. Great to have you with us this afternoon. Lots to come over the next couple of hours. I was in RD this morning. Yes, I was. Because guess what? RD has its very own swimming pool for the next three months till the end of March. Yes, a pop-up swimming pool opening in RD from four o'clock tomorrow. We're going to tell you more about it a little later on in the show. We have our top five countdown from five to one this week in January. And the year, well, I'll tell you the year a little later. We have five cracking songs for you each day this week coming up after three o'clock. Cathy Mara is with us, our pharmacist. The scarcity of medications, what's it all about? How acute is it? Cathy's going to tell us in a wee while. And if you remember back on Friday, we spoke to Darren Lawler. Wonderful story he had top of the show about changing careers. Well, somebody listening in and they have a fantastic story to tell us too. Carl Blake will be with us after two o'clock on the show. But Louise, this week we've got to mention our competition and it comes to us thanks to Cash and Carry Kitchens who've opened their new showroom at Beachmount Home Park in Navin. Check them out on cashandcarrykitchens.ie Louise, we have a great competition, haven't Mm, we? Well, Christmas after Christmas. After Christmas. Top prize is tomorrow on Late Lunch, tomorrow afternoon, because you see Late Lunch is coming live from Cash and Carry Kitchens in Navin tomorrow afternoon. And Cash and Carry Kitchens want to give one of you a voucher for €1,000 tomorrow on Late Lunch. That's a big prize for us, wow. isn't it? Oh, it's a big... Imagine it's a new a kitchen. €1,000 <gasps> towards a new kitchen yeah. with Cash Fab. and Carry Kitchens. Fab prize altogether. And each day besides, that's today, Wednesday, Thursday and Friday, there's a €100 one for all voucher as well. Mm. Lovely. You can spend loads of places. Can't for, lose. You can't lose on Late Lunch this week. What do you have to do? Well, you see the kitchen, as you know, Louise, our Louise knows, I know the kitchen <laughs> is at the heart of the home. It is. And we want you to... We want to know. We want to know. We want you to tell us if you could choose anyone in the world they must be living this is the thing anyone alive today in the world who you'd invite over for dinner and cook for them what would you cook for them who would you invite for dinner what speciality meal would you cook for this person it can be a celebrity it can be a family member it can be a friend living anywhere across the world that you'd love to have for dinner with you and what would you rustle up for them we want to know we want to hear from you we want to hear from you now text us and you must be prepared to talk to Jerry yeah we're going to call. We're going to call you. We're going to call you and you have to tell me who it is and what you'd rustle up for them and why. Why you chose that person to have dinner with. Come on, let's be hearing from you now. 086 1800 658. 
text, WhatsApp, or send us a WhatsApp voice message as well. We love to hear from you every day. And you're in the mix. And remember this, what we're going to say to you is, when you message us in by WhatsApp or text, that's it. You don't have to do it every day. Once you're in, you're in. You're in for the week. That's it. So just once and you're in for the week. And tomorrow we will be calling somebody live from Cash and Carry Kitchens in Navin. A thousand euro for your brand new kitchen from Cash and Carry Kitchens themselves. What a prize it is. So let's be having you now. 086 1800 658. Who would you invite to dinner? What would you cook for them and why? Let us know and... Uh, we wish you the best luck mm-hmm. all this week and hopefully you will be a prize winner. I'd love to win it myself, but I can't. Oh, a new kitchen. Mm. Great start to the year. What a it? start, yeah, the kitchen. To get our, yeah. get our up to speed, it would be just fabulous altogether. Who did you say to me? You were pulling me leg Friday when I asked <laughs> I was, you. I can't even remember, nah, you, were, you pulled me leg. <laughs> she said she wanted to meet this fellow who has the highest IQ in the world. <laughs> who was that? I can't even remember his name. No. But seriously, did you have a think at all the weekend who you might love to invite to dinner? Did you? Uh, Apart from the fire brigade. <laughs> no, um, no I'd, I'd still stand by Peter Kay. Would you? Yeah. yeah Peter Kay. Oh, yes, you did. Of course. You, then you said, wouldn't it be fun yeah. that Peter Kay It'd be dinner? great, crack. Oh, yeah. the, the, the laugh. What you need. Because the man, you know, he's the same. You know, you see him when he's interviewed as mm. well. He's a very funny guy on or off stage. What would you cook for Peter Kay? Did you tell me what you'd cook for him? I think you, you oh, held that back. I just kind of threw out the usual garlic bread and well, yeah, you said, hobnobs. But, but, but but come on, what, what would you, come I on. Can't you can't cook. Oh, you can. Don't say that. Of course you I can I can't, cook. honestly. It's only something our very, leg. very, very simple. Like, eat that even I can't cock up. Go on, what would you... What would I you, don't know. What do you like? What do you like to cook for yourself or for that you? That always family? goes right. Yes. I don't know. Go on, Honestly, lasagna. Yeah, you're good yeah. You're good at the Italian stuff. Uh, well, that's because nice they come in jars. No. You just pour the jars. <laughs> and it's, it's not from scratch, lasagna. <laughs> She's good. Heaven Louise is good at the lasagna, honestly, she really uh-huh. is. So lasagna with Peter Kay in your kitchen, what an evening that would be. I did mention Barack, Barack Obama myself, I'd love to, and probably <laughs> do me signature curry. And Kylie, yes, Kylie would be one. You know, I was thinking of a few there. Do you know who I'd love, actually, on, on, a, on a very personal level? Uh, is Keith Barry? Oh yeah, the crack. You so know, he wouldn't mind what you serve ah, him up. Listen, Fish. We we fed him on islands in Loch Arrow when we were away fishing and that, and we did the the cook up from Annie Lovely. Yes, probably fish as well. I wonder has he any cooking tri- tricks? Probably mm, loads. He's very good. Oh, he's a good, listen. You're you're talking about a man there that can cook. He really can. He's good. He, don't be uh, don't be fooled at all. He is. He's good well, in the kitchen. Then you could play mind games with him and actually make him think that he's the one cooking. <laughs> I think that's good. Good mm. suggestion for yourself, to be honest with you. Oh, I, for me, <laughs> I like that one. I, I think that's a really. I good do one. that all the time. Do you? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, who would it be? Who would you invite to dinner? What would you rustle up for them, and why? Oh eight six eighteen hundred six five eight. WhatsApp or text us now. Thousand euro from Cash and Carry Kitchens tomorrow towards a new kitchen for one of you, and one hundred euro, one for all voucher each day this week, starting today to be one here on your late lunch, and do be prepared for us to give you a little tinkle so you'll tell us who it is and what you're going to cook for them. Well, what about the weekend? Had you a nice weekend? The first weekend, was it a big clean-up? We had a big yeah. clean-up in our house this weekend. Oh, big clean-up. The oh. Christmas. Was it? Did you do the same? Yes. Tree down, decorations down. Glitter who, everywhere. Everything. Oh. Glitter everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's, that's Christmas Batteries for you. Batteries everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think many people use this weekend for the big tidy up and clean up as well. It looks bare, doesn't it? Mm. And in another way, 
Clean. Clean. Yeah. Yes, that's the word. Yeah, it does. It just sort of a big spring clean. Open all the windows, hoover everything up, pack the tree and decorations away. Now, I have a little secret to tell late lunch listeners because... I believe there's a tree in LMFM that's staying up for the whole year. <laughs> Is it still up? I never know. Oh, yes. You know not, who. Yes, yes. You know who. Not not the one in reception. Mm. It's It'll be bundled away and all that stuff. Maggie Maguire, who is the queen of Christmas. She's our own elf. The queen. There's a tree in the corner of the office above. I went in a moment ago <laughs> and there it is with the lights on. And I just stuck my head in the kitchen. She's couldn't murder me. And I said, is it staying up for the year? She says, Absolutely. So every day of the year is Christmas Day with our Maggie Maguire. What about that one? Brilliant. 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 I wonder will she stick with it? Do you think she she loves Christmas? That woman just adores. She's counting already. When it's over one year, she's counting the days till the next year already. Isn't it unbelievable? Anyway, I believe there will be a tree staying in place here in LMF. We should take a picture of it like the 1st of February, March, April, May, June and put put it up. We will. We promise we'll do that. (laughs) There's hardly anybody else. Wother. There's no one like Maggie Maguire. There is no one like Maggie Maguire. There's hardly anyone else else out there would would keep the tree up is there is there would there be anyone who'd keep the tree up do you think do you think she's alone in her love of the festive season i wonder as anybody sort of made the same commitment if you have let us know we always love to hear from you lovely lovely to hear from you if you are going to do it 086 658 by whatsapp or text if that's on your mind now Misplaced enunciations. That's. Uh, do you think it's in the dictionary? Do you think misplaced enunciations is in the dictionary? Uh-huh. No, I doubt it. Well, Maggie McGuire's not alone. Jerry, my neighbour leaves the tree up all year round and decorates it for the various occasions during the year, for Easter time, for Halloween, for the rugby international season, and then for Christmas. There you go. There's no accounting for folks, is there? There really, really isn't. Anyway, we move on on late lunch and we're joined on the line by the owner of Haven Pharmacy in Derlique, a very good friend of ours, chairperson of the Irish Pharmacy Union Contractors Committee, Cathy Marr. Good afternoon. Hi, Jerry. Happy New Year to you. Many happy returns to you too. I see you all over the press the weekend in relation to what we're going to talk to mm-hmm. talk about today, which is the scarcity or the shortage of, of medicines. How, how difficult or how bad is it, Cathy? It's been really challenging. It's been, it's, you know, it's been coming a problem the past couple of years, but it certainly has, I knew with Brexit was having an impact and COVID had an impact and each of those has, has exponentially, you know, worsened the situation, but certainly in the past six to eight weeks, we've had real difficulty sourcing a lot of very common medicines. People might be aware we had a, a crisis there maybe last April, May of HRT and we've, we've had different pockets of crises or different groups of medicines, but really the one that's hit home in the past six to eight weeks, as we've seen respiratory illness increase and I think we all know someone who's been sick um, the simple medicines that we use to treat respiratory illness whether they're viral or, or bacterial they've all been really challenging um, to source. So it's been problematic for pharmacists, for GPs but both, mostly for patients. It's really difficult when you can't be treated or someone you love and care for can't be treated. And does this apply equally to the mainstream manufacturers or the generics as well? What's the story there, generic versus, you know what I'm talking about, the recognised? Absolutely, and the best thing is to explain it. So I suppose there's 2,000 pharmacies in Ireland and we all buy from the same two wholesalers, which is hard to believe, but we all order from the same two companies, regardless of the manufacturer. 
Um, and you're right, there's brands and there's manufacturers, there's generics, and the generic is the equivalent of the, the original brand. Mm. But what has happened at the minute is that raw ingredients have become short. So people know things like amoxicillin or phenoxymethyl penicillin, PenV, another penicillin. These have been actually as a raw ingredient in short supply, which means the actual drug itself can't be made in the industry where it is made usually in, in Asia, in India and Pakistan. So once the raw ingredient, the actual medicine isn't supplied, the whole system falls. So we've no raw ingredient of some penicillin antibiotics and that's down to a manufacturing problem. So then what happens is if I don't have a penicillin on my shelf and someone has a bacterial infection, we then must go back to the prescriber. So they be that the local GP, be that the on-call service, or be that at the hospital. We have to then, as pharmacists, try and either send the patient back, which is not... It's not possible. If you have someone that's sick or you're sick yourself, the last thing you need is to be sent back. So then pharmacists try and contact the prescriber to get that switched to an alternative, safe therapeutic alternative to try and get pre- treatment started as quickly as possible. And and is, is, is that really logical? This is what I'm thinking as I'm listening to you. Would it not be better that the pharmacist would make the call and say, look, we don't have the brand, but this generic is perfect if they have it, and just prescribe it. Yeah, we can do that when there's a generic, so that's called interchangeable, and we can do that for many, many medicines. But what's happened when there's a problem with the raw ingredients, such as amoxicillin, and okay. no brands and no generic is available, because it's a completely different medicine or a completely different drug that is needed, I have to refer back. Right. Well, you've hit the nail on the head, Jerry. What we are calling on government and the Minister for Health especially is to introduce something called a serious shortage protocol, which means when something isn't chronically or acute short supply and we can't get that medicine, the pharmacists, we're the medicines experts, that we have the clinical skills to go, you know, if I can't get product A or medicine A, let's switch to medicine B. So treatment can happen promptly and efficiently and safely. The last thing we need for many of these infections and other conditions as well, whether it's blood pressure or HRT or whether it's um, anxiety medicines that are short, the last thing we need is treatment to be delayed or people to end up in A&E because they haven't had their medicine promptly enough. Um, There's an interesting question from Brendan and he just points out he's familiar. uh, He lives uh, obviously in the north of our region, but he's familiar with Northern Ireland as well. And he says the same problem across the border. But he says, I remember years ago when a pharmacist used to make up a bottle. But what you're saying to me is pharmacists don't make up bottles do they anymore. And then tied in with that is what you just mentioned, the raw ingredients shortage. Mm -hmm. So he's talking about the old kind of cough link. Yes, yes. So, yeah, that, that's slightly separate to the prescription-only medicines. Um, and you're right, the, the medicine shortages isn't just an Irish problem. It's a global problem, particularly when there's a manufacturing problem. But where it's really acute in Ireland is if you add every step to a supply chain, whether it's your loaf of bread or whether it's a bottle of antibiotic, it has to come from Europe or from Asia to Europe and Europe to mainland Europe, then we, every step, so we've that extra ferry journey. We've got that, we're an island, so every step makes it more challenging to get to. And we're such a small market. There's just 5 million people in Ireland. We're just the size of, of Manchester, really. So sometimes it's not um, financially viable for manufacturers to send product to Ireland. So that makes, that's another complicating factor. But as your listener said, in terms of old cost linkages, um, I suppose from a safety and, and uh, quality point of view, we're not allowed to make up 
cough mm. medicines anymore like that really because of the you're not really making using raw ingredients they're not available to pharmacies anymore more often what happens is some pharmacies that do that just take two of their three of the over the counter stuff and mix them together and, and label it the cough link so that's not really appropriate mm. but you're right a lot of the over the counter medicines we've, we've heard reports of Calpol and, and Eurofen there is not one dry cough bottle available either over the counter. So when we're looking at this increased surge of respiratory illness, and I expect that to last for the next four to six weeks, and we're asking people to treat at home, it's becoming really difficult for them to treat themselves at home when some of the products that they need, such as paracetamol or ibuprofen or cough medicines, aren't available. So what we are asking is people to contact their local pharmacy to go through the symptoms either for themselves or for someone they care for, particularly the very young, the very elderly. And, you know, I'm always saying that these are the people that we really need to watch out for or if they have a chronic condition that puts them at risk of more complicated illness. But to call their pharmacy, go through the symptoms. We talk about what's available, what's available that they can use to treat those symptoms, when they need to contact the GP because they don't always need to and the GPs are really under immense pressure. And then at what point we go through some warning signs, some red flag symptoms that we talk about that actually perhaps you need to go to A&E. So they don't present to A&E unnecessarily, but that they don't avoid A&E if they do need it as well. So that's that's where we're, we're playing a key role. I have a feeling, and maybe you'd correct me here, I may not be right, but people tended to, you know, perhaps overbuy. You know what I'm saying? There may be people with quite an amount of the uh, medications that are scarce in their presses that are well in date. Surely, you know, if somebody has none and somebody has a lot, maybe there's a sort of a, a, a bartering or a swap system could happen. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So I suppose anything that comes from a pharmacy, we have to monitor from a quality point of view and a safety. We have to monitor the temperature, right. which you believe, Jerry, of our pharmacy mm. twice a day mm. so to make sure everything's stored appropriately. If there's antibiotics in houses in the backs of cupboards, and I know lots of people have them, yeah. we strongly advise against sharing those because of risk of allergy, right. risk of antibiotic resistance or antimicrobial resistance. Um, and, and that kind of thing. So certainly, if you have been prescribed an antibiotic, you complete the course. If the things like cough linkers and cough bottles and some strepsils on the lemsips and the different things that are in short supply, and you wish to give some to one of your neighbours or a friend or a colleague or a relation, they need to check that that's safe for them, particularly if they're taking prescribed medication, particularly okay. anyone on blood pressure, diabetes, pregnant. So they're not particularly... Cough and cold medicines are renowned for interacting with other medicines. So just if it's the case that they're going to take something, just give us a call and make sure that it's safe with any other medicines or any other conditions. You mentioned, of course, you're talking about six weeks hence and this is uh, set to continue. No surprise, the time of the year, etc. What's the outlook like? When will there be uh, a time or will there be a time this winter come spring season when we see things returning to normal? Um, in terms of respiratory illness, it will subside as it do, does seasonally and definitely feels this year busier than it has ever been for respiratory illnesses, even pre-COVID, even during COVID. It hasn't been like this for a long number of years. Um, and, and healthcare professionals are feeling, really feeling the pressure. In terms of medicine shortages, I don't know. And the serious shortage protocol that I've spoken about, I don't want to be having this conversation in six or eight weeks or in four or five months to think, if only we had that in place. You might remember, as I said, the HRT shortage there was back last April and May. And if we'd had a serious shortage protocol in place at that stage when we couldn't access 
some of the products, we could have switched women over very safely, very effectively and promptly without the need to go back to prescriber to say, can we switch this patch to this gel to something else? So a serious shortage protocol is really what's needed to help address some of these problems that they don't become a big problem in the, short, in the long term. So that can be done in a matter of days and weeks by government. So it's Department of Health, it's Minister of Health, and that can be done. I'd like it done in the coming days that we can then deal with the respiratory illnesses appropriately and effectively. But on a long-term basis, ongoing with medicine shortages, working with government and working with medicines regulator, it's really important that things are put in place that this that we don't have this as a chronic condition, chronic situation. Certainly is, and uh, really, even with the situation in A and E's, the same applies. That God Almighty, we've got to tackle the issue now and uh, look to the future and try and put in in place situations that this won't recur. Cathy, thanks so much. Really uh, appreciate you joining us today. Okay, thanks, Terry. Take care. Bye bye. That's Cathy Marr there from Haven Pharmacy in the League and chair of the Irish Pharmacy Union Contractors Committee. On Friday afternoon, if you were with us, top of the show. We heard a fantastic, uplifting story from Darren Lawler, who told us about his life and how he changed his career entirely. He's a barrister at law now in Dublin, having worked for years in the music industry with Aslan, driven a taxi, etc. And it really was inspiring. And on foot of that conversation, my next guest contacted us and said, well, I have a similar story. And by God, he has. Carl Blake, welcome to Late Lunch. Thanks a million, Jerry. Great to talk to you and a happy new year to you and all your listeners. Many happy returns to you too. Let's go back with you. School-wise, when did you go to school? You know, where did you go to school? How long did you stay at school? When did you leave? Okay, uh, we're going back in time now, Jerry, as I'm almost 50 years of age. But um, I would have attended Donny Carney Primary School here, just up the road from Morrington. Mm. And then following that, I would have went into, it would have been the Christian Brothers at the time, St Mary's yes. CBS. It subsequently is the St Mary's Diocesan School. So I attended secondary school in St Mary's uh, CBS and done my leave insert in 1990 at the age of 17. Okay, so you were young enough doing the leave insert, sort of like myself, to be honest, your years before. Yeah. So you leave school then. Where does life take you? So um, my father, Lord Reston, would have been a painter and decorator all his life. So we would have been a fairly working class family. So when I finished my leave insert, it was just a matter of uh, going out to work. Things mm. like further education, university, weren't even on the on the on the radar. So I started off working with a with a with a small builder straight away as soon as I finished the leave insert that June, and ended up in construction. And did you? Think about, you know, perhaps qualifying or looking at a trade or that. Or was it just general labouring operative, operative work you did or what? Yeah, it was just general labouring uh, work, Jerry, with the, with, with the small builder. But then as things progressed, you know, yourself into the, into the mid-90s, late-90s, the boom took off. The mm. tiger arrived on, on, on the shores. And you had all these housing estates, particularly around here in Loudoun Mead and North County Dublin, popping up. So I would have moved into more working in uh, groundwork areas, so like foundations, yes. floors, footpaths, driveways, all that sort of stuff, working with machinery, that kind of thing. And it was like, it really was boom times. You could just like, leave one job and walk down the road and get a start in another site. It was, there was that much work around. 
And plenty of money available. Good <laughs> money as well. I don't know about, about the loads of money. I've had, had yours on board in the own. But you know what I'm saying? There was, it, it yeah, was, it, yeah. you, I know, and you know yourself, there was any amount of work and people, you could work as many or as few hours as you wanted and there was a real shortage. And it was uh, boom, as you said. But but the thing is, it's hard work as well. Like, let's not take away from this. This is hard, physical, manual work. It is hard work now, and, and all due respect to anybody who's listening in, sitting in the digger or, a, or, a, or, a, or a, on a building site today, it's, it's, it's hard physical labour. You're out in all sorts of weather, there's no, like, you know, if it starts raining, let's go in, you're out and that's it, the frost, the cold. And um, it really is, is, a, is a young man's game. As you, like, when I started, I was, as I said, I was 17, probably would have started on the building sites around 19, 20 years of age. And sure, there was no bother on you then, but as you start getting a little bit older mm. and the, the aches and pains and the creaks start, start appearing in different places, you kind of start maybe uh, rethinking about life, you know? Yes. And, uh, of course, you, you'd become handy, and I know what you're talking about, groundworks and everything. You're the type of fella, I'm sure, that could turn his hand to everything, anything and everything, and that's a, a fantastic talent to have. But, again, I'm just saying, on this point, you didn't qualify with a trade, and then the crash happened. Then the crash happened. So at the time, we were working, I won't say where, I'll just say down the yes. country. And um, we went down one morning and the site was locked up. And we just thought, you know, maybe the foreman is late or whatever. Nobody's any keys to get into the, get into the yard where all the, you know, the huts would be and the machines and all the, all the equipment. And anyway, nice half eight, nine o'clock, half nine, no sign of anybody. And what we didn't know was overnight the company had gone into liquidation mm. and nobody had, had, had told us. So we basically had to get back into the cars and uh, go home. And then subsequently, all other firms where you were trying to get work, they were also letting people go rather than hiring. And as we know, the bust really took hold then into 08, 09. And like the construction industry probably was the hardest hit of all industries. Yes. So it was just nigh on impossible to, to, to try and get to get a start anywhere. And it's a real shock to the system, you know, suddenly from boom uh, to bust and then you start looking at income, your pension, I'm sure, where you're going with your life. Oh, a hell of a, a, hell of a shock. Well, I mean, straight away, you were, you were, you were, you know, I, as I said, started work at 17 and all of a sudden you're coming like mid-30s heading for the 40 and then first of all you have to engage with the social welfare, I would have never been in, in the social welfare office in, in, in Drada, for example. And, mm. you know, you had to try and uh, get all these in place. Your income was, like, cut in half or a uh, quarter of your, of your previous income. But it was more so, too, Jerry, like the, the blow to your self-esteem. And, you know, when you can get into a rut, when you're kind of doing nothing and uh, every time you go to look for a new start somewhere, it was constantly being rejected, rejected. That can have a, have a, have a deep impact on your, on your self-esteem as well. Mm. So you're at a loss, really, and this is where your partner, Linda, comes into play as well because you obviously sit down and have a conversation and say, where to from here? So what happened? Well... Linda, now she's, she, she's listening there, so she is in the next room. So Linda uh, used to always say to me, if we could get you paid for talking, we'd be laughing, right? So that was the first thing she used to always say. And <laughs> we sat and we talked about it, and I, I always had an interest in the area of, of psychology. I always had, look, I don't want to, you know that old cliche people say, you're a people person, you're, you're good with people. Mm. So I, I, I thought we kind of bandied about the idea of, going back to education. Now, bear in mind, as I said, I left 
uh, St Mary's in 1990. Now, we had one computer in the school that time, and it was for the secretary. Like, you would have done things like woodwork and tech drawing and things like that. There was no yes. um, internet or anything like that at the time, no Android phones. So I kind of said to Linda, like, if I want to go back to education, I'm going to have to try, first of all, and become computer or IT literate. So that was the first step. So we, we devised a plan, and we came up with a plan that I would attend a basic computer course run by FOSS or SOLAS as it is now in Drogheda. It was only one night a week and you went in and I mean now it was basic like you were typed the word today and it was like T-O, you know, <laughs> D, space bar. I completed that. Um, that led on then the, the instructor asked us did we want to do a follow-up course which would lead to the ECDL, the European Computer Driver's Licence. Yeah. This was all done through, as I said, through FOSS, through the, through the social welfare and um, lo and behold, one thing led to another, and I kind of developed an aptitude for it. I got used to sort of being back in the classroom, albeit now it was only one night a week on, on, on a Wednesday night. But then I started hearing things like terms like mature student. Uh, you can go back to education as a mature student. Um, the various allowances and stuff that were available, such as back to education allowances, such as Susie Grants. I had never heard of those terms, Jerry. I thought when you didn't go at 17 or 18 to, to university or uh, in IT, your chance was, was gone. Mm. So, cut a long story short, one thing led to another. That computer course led me to contact the, the guys in King Street there, in LMETB, which I would have known as the old tech back in the day. And I went in there and I'd done a general studies course for a year, a FETAC Level 5 course, which kind of dipped your toe in a little bit of everything. But more importantly, you had to be there at 9 o'clock and you were there till half 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You had to write essays, hand in assignments by certain times. So I suppose it was a pre-college course that was getting you ready to go back to education full-time. Yes. So... You were on the move now in earnest and uh, doors were opening up for you. Psychology. Exactly. So doors were starting to open up and then the next conversation myself and Linda had was, well, we, I better go and buy myself a laptop because I hadn't got one of them because they wouldn't be much good to you laying footpaths or foundations or whatever. For sure. So I, I, as part of the course in, in, in King Street, now the guys in there were fantastic, the career guidance people in there were brilliant. Maybe they spotted the, the, the aptitude and they said to me, would you not apply for university? And I was like, oh, I don't think I'd be able for university. So why don't you just apply anyway? So they helped you fill in the CAO form. So as a mature student, you'd fill in the CAO form just the same as a, someone doing their leaving cert would. The only difference being that I'm not, I wasn't concerned about my leaving cert points. It's more to do with life experience and mm. other experiences. So... I applied to UCD, to uh, Minut, to Trinity College and to Dublin City University and lo and behold got accepted to the mall and then I had to choose where to go the following year, which would have been 2015 and I chose to go to Dublin City University. And psychology? And psychology, as I said, <laughs> Linda said if we could get you paid for talking. I suppose it's that interest in, 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 in people, Jerry. Very always interested in how people behave, how we act, how we react, how we interact with each other. I always would have had that that interest, so that was the, 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 the one for me. And I suppose maybe it's easy now looking back at hindsight, but maybe going to a subject like psychology is maybe better suited with some, to somebody with a little bit of a life experience. That's yeah. what I would say, you know. Yeah. And to tell listeners, this wonderful man 
qualified with a first class honours degree in 2019 to graduate. Yeah. That must have been really special. Walked, in, walked into, into DCU in September 2015 and got out of the car, oh, sorry, drove in, got out of the car and I just said to myself, what the hell are you after letting yourself in for? <laughs> Talk about being a fish out of water. And lo and behold, four years later, um, in June 2019, I finished with a first-class honours degree in psychology, yeah. yeah. Well done to you. What Thank a fantastic you. team. But he didn't leave it at that, folks. Not at all. You can't just leave it at that. Because this wonderful man, tell them what's going to happen this year. So this year, please God, by October or November this year, I'm not just sure, sure the exact date. The, 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 I'm currently in my fourth year of a PhD. So if I was talking to you this time next year, you'd be addressing me as Dr. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> you know what this is just simply wonderful it's a wonderful story and we, 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 we're we airing these stories to let people know that no matter where life takes you there's always somewhere else you know to go to and there's always another opportunity even though a door may close well that's I think it's very prevalent Jerry, particularly for anybody now um, who's just starting their last term in sixth year um, like I would have worked as a student ambassador over the over uh, over my time in, in in college, which would have mean you would have been talking to prospective students who were thinking of coming to to, to DCU, and to be able to tell you know young kids 17, 18, 19 years of age that like you know if the leaving cert doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. You can go and do something else for a couple of years, and when you're 23. You're then classed as a mature student and you can come back to university if it suits at that time. So, you know, the whole um, every year, this whole melee there is over points and places and all that, you know, like if if that could if if students could, if they were maybe told that in school, that's not the be all and end all. You know, I know they want to do well academically. That's fine. But if your leaving cert doesn't work out, it isn't it is not the end of the world. No. And there is assistance. You mentioned the Susie Grants, uh, Back to Education. Oh, All yeah, that is there. Is there. And of course, each individual university. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Percy then would have a dedicated mature student officer, so I know DCU does, I'm sure the others do as well, where there's a dedicated mature student officer in the, in the mature student office 
with a team of people who specifically look after mature students. You know, if you're struggling with academic writing, haven't been out of school for so long, or there's academic writing classes held every week in the library, there's, there's um, uh, maths classes held every week. There's every single uh, opportunity there. If you find you're a little bit overwhelmed, the help is there. All you mm. have to do is ask. You, your thesis uh, is an interesting one. Uh, young onset of dementia. I'm sure that was eye-opening. It's, it's extremely eye-opening. So when I started my degree in 2015, I suppose I would have had an inkling towards sports psychology. Mm. I, I, you know, I would have played Gaelic all my life and really, big, you know, really interested in GA and hurling and stuff. So I kind of went in in first year with, with you know, I'd, I'd like to do sports psychology. But in second year, um, I was offered a, a, a kind of an internship over the summer. So you, you helped out one of the lecturers over the summer with research they were doing. And subsequently, that lecturer, Dr. Louise Hopper, has become my supervisor. And her area of, of expertise is, is Alzheimer's and dementia. So I wouldn't have heard the term young onset dementia, to be honest with you, Jerry. And I suppose, like, maybe a lot of people thought that dementia was involved people of a significantly older age. And through that um, internship and then subsequently in third year, which is one of the reasons why I chose DCU. You have a, a, a part of your degree, you have a work placement, and I was I, I got a clinical work placement in in, Holly, in, J, in Connolly Hospital in Blanchardstown, mm. where they have a memory clinic, and they come and assess people for for you know Alzheimer's and dementia, and there I met a, a young man who was the same age as myself, and I assumed he was there with his mum or dad, and he was actually there to be uh, assessed himself, and it just blew me away, and I went straight back to the university, and I says. I know what I'm going to do for my final year project next year. My thesis is going to be on young onset dementia and, and the psychosocial impact it has on, on, on their family. Mm. So I completed the thesis, uh, received the first class honours for that as well, subsequently got it published in, in, a, in a peer-reviewed journal. And then I suppose you could put it simply that the PhD is a continuation of that initial research. Yes. Just before we finish, two things. Where to from here when you finish? Have you thought about that? Uh, <laughs> what do I want to be when I grow up with you? Um, <laughs> I'd love to stay what, doing what I'm doing. I'd love to stay yes. part of the PhD. I do a little bit of, a little bit of teaching and I take into it like a, like a duck to water. Right. So um, if I could stay teaching and researching in the area of young onset dementia, that would be ideal. Mm. Well, I'm sure you will because you're simply brilliant. And I want to say well done to Linda, your partner. I know she's had her own challenges yeah, uh, recently yeah, as yeah. well, but she's doing well. But well done to you, Linda. Behind every great man there has to be that wonderful woman that really does. You're great and you've lifted us all again this Monday afternoon. What a story you have and good luck to you with your future. You're going to make a great teacher or whatever else you want to do. Thank you so much Carl for telling me your story today. No problem. Thanks a million, Jerry. Good to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's the wonderful Carl Blake there on Late Lunch. Stereophonics on late lunch this Monday afternoon. I hope you're having a nice day wherever you are this Monday afternoon. And we could make that nice day even nicer for you because I'll just remind you again, oh, it's a great week on late lunch. Thanks to Cash and Carry Kitchens, their brand new showroom at Beachmount Home Park. 
check them out give them a shout uh, check out them uh, their website online cashandcarrykitchens.ie to book a free design appointment well we're there tomorrow coming to you live with late lunch tomorrow afternoon and for very special reason because you see Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and late lunch Cash and Carry Kitchens want to give one of you a 100 euro one for all voucher but tomorrow Tuesday well there's a 1,000 euro cash and carry kitchens voucher up for grabs on late lunch. What do you have to do? Well, we all know the kitchen is at the heart of the home. And if you could choose anyone in the world who is living today, who you'd invite over to your place for dinner, who would that be? And what speciality meal would you cook for that person? It can be a celebrity, a friend, a family member, whoever living anywhere in the world today. Who would that be? What would you cook? And why? Let us know. Text or WhatsApp us or send us a voice note now to 086-1800-658. You have to do it once and you're in for the week. You're in for the big prize tomorrow. You're in for the whole week as well. Let me give you a flavour of some of those that you are telling us you'd love to have over for dinner. Declan says... Tommy Tiernan would be my choice, Jerry, for sure. And I'd cook him mushy peas and boiled spuds. <laughs> I'm sure Tommy would really appreciate that, Declan. I, I, I'm sure he would. Somebody else, without a name, you, you have to send us your name with your uh, person who you'd like to have for dinner. Somebody else, anonymously, I have your number here, all right, said, I'd cook me mammy stew for Donald Trump. And you, Jerry Kelly. Can you imagine me and Trump in your kitchen? Oh, the stew would be all over the place. It wouldn't need. Another one there from Bridie. Bridie Clark. Hello, Bridie. I'd just love to have Martin Clunes for dinner. Oh, he's brilliant. What a, what an actor he is. What a funny man. I'd do me fish and chips for him, says Bridie, and I'd just sit and look at him. There you go. There's loads more there. Keep them coming to us because when you send them to us, you're in the mix and it could be you today, tomorrow or any day before the end of the week. Winning on late lunch. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp, text or a voice message. Whatever tickles your fancy. Get them to us now. If you're not in, you can't win. Always remember that one. Next up on late lunch, RD has its own swimming pool. Yes, Swim Ireland, Sport Ireland, in conjunction with Loud County Council and many other parties have come together to provide a pop-up pool in RD. It's uh, in the car park there, Aldi and RD, beside Super Value. It's there. You can book. I went there this morning at the official launch. It's open for four o'clock tomorrow. And after the break, we're going to hear all about RD's pop-up swimming pool. I'm here in RD at the launch of the wonderful pop-up pool that's going to be here for the next few months. And joining me is the CEO of Swim Ireland, President of the Olympic Federation of Ireland, Sarah Keane. Sarah, what does a pool like this bring to a place like RD? Well, we realised that one of the biggest barriers for people to swim was that there wasn't a swimming pool near them. So we said, well, then we've got to try and bring swimming pools to the people. So this is a small pool, 12 metres by 3. It's portable. It goes on the back of a lorry and it can go around the country. So we brought it here. It does a marquee around it. It's fully heated and it can be here for a number of months. And ideally then afterwards you would look at a more permanent structure. But it wouldn't be your state-of-the-art leisure facility because not everywhere, everywhere needs that. And so far it's been amazing. We've 700 to 1,000 people going through in the, in the other locations we've been, been in. And it goes generally to places whereby it has been harder to have a facility for people to get to. So smaller communities who've really embraced it younger people older people schools we try and locate it somewhere very local in the community so it's easy for people to get to 
and um, we have hoist so and we have a ramp so we you know we try and make sure it's accessible for older people as well and there's kind of steps down um, for disabled people so you know the idea is it is for everybody because you know our view of swimming should be for everybody and that's it it is for everybody and it's a wonderful sport indeed and just to tell people that it's here in the Aldi car park in RD that's your between Aldi and Super Value here that's where it is in terms of swimming and bringing swimming to places like RD and that you've been through a difficult time and no need to mention it with Covid when pools were closed and everything but it's really come back more, more strongly than ever Yes, the government have recognised that swimming is the physical activity and sport and life skill that's most participated across the whole life cycle. So they're going to be launching a national swim strategy in the next couple of months, which is a really exciting development. But what we see here on the ground is the local councillors, the schools, um, local people, the guards have supported it, you know, the, as we see it between this, the, you know, the Super Value and the Aldi. Like you're getting a community embracing it, and that's what makes it work, because then everybody can have an opportunity to come in. So when we can collaborate with Loud County Council, they've been really supportive with the local sports partnership as I said with the community then it's not difficult for these things to happen we operate them but we get financial and other support from the council to make sure it happens Um, so from our perspective bringing these to places like this is very doable as long as people work together So this pool is here for the next few months in RD and whether you've never swum before if you're a swimmer if you're somebody of an age that hasn't got into the pool if you're of an ability or a disability you're welcome to come here and join in the fun absolutely you can book it through our website www.swimireland.ie and just look for pop-up pool um, because um, we have like swimming lessons we have you can you know if if groups want private access because sometimes we do get groups who want to you know let's say if you take autistic children they prefer to be in a smaller group because noise is not helpful for them if you want to uh, just do community or public swimming it's open as well as I said it's very heated so from anybody from that perspective it's you can stand in it for adults so if you're worried or a bit nervous that's not a problem um, and as I said we have lifeguards here and teachers here so you can really do whatever you want to do with it um, and obviously there are other groups who will book in as well so look it's really exciting so this could be the start of a journey for some some young person from RD or the greater RD area that in the future may swim for Ireland at European Games or an Olympics Yes, but either way, they hopefully swim for life. And that's what we're looking for. Oh, that's the important thing, because it is a wonderful skill to learn. It, it, it is indeed. Anyway, I'll let you away, because the formalities are about to start here. Sarah Keane, it's great to have you in RD and County Loud today. Thank you so much. Thanks a million for your support. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks. Jane Ryan, Olympian, welcome to RD. Do you remember the first day you went to a swimming pool? Yeah, I actually do. Um, it was actually ages ago. I'm a bit older now. Um, yeah, my mom, she always kept me in the water. My mom was a water baby as well. I was a water baby, and I remember just always loving the water. So I think this is a great opportunity for the younger kids to be in the water, get comfortable with the water, and so they can have a little bit more confidence and then maybe, you know, be in my position later on. You're a tall man. How tall are you? Uh, about 6'6". Six, six. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. looking up at Shane here today. Anyway, for you, when you started swimming, because there will be children will come here for the first time with their parents and experience this, did you have a dream when you began quite quickly that you would become an Olympic athlete, an Olympic swimmer? Yeah, I mean, like back then, I mean, it was just all about, you know, having fun with my friends and all that stuff. And uh, as I got a little bit older, then I was like, oh, wow, like this could be, you know, like I'm beating people. Let's have some fun. And I always loved that competitive side of it. And then, it, you know, got a little bit more, a little bit more. And then it started dreaming bigger and bigger. And, you know, goals were being accomplished. And then, yeah, eventually, yeah, I started believing that I was going to be an Olympian. 
and to look at the pool here, it's a fantastic job altogether, isn't it? That you can bring this in and position it here for the next few months. It's a real boon for RD. No, it really, really is, you know, and the, the hardest part in, you know, in Ireland alone is just trying to have access to water and to pools and the facilities and where this is a great opportunity where we can transport this all around Ireland and, you know, it's really nice to have it here in RD, you know, and to get the kids in the water, get them comfortable, get them confident so where, you know, future, later down the road they can either, you know, venture out a little bit farther to find a 25 metre pool or a 50 metre pool, I know, and maybe become potential Olympians in the future. And you did say it is about participation, it is teaching people a skill for life as Sarah mentioned to me there a moment ago. Yeah, no, 100%, like with swimming it's like, swimming's a life sport, you know, you can do it when you're 80 years old, 70 years old, and because it's, it's easy in the joints and it's really good, so I know with swimming it's like, it's great that like, you know, for the younger kids to come here, that's great, but also some older people can come on here, you know, and like, you know, get something and get the body move in as well because it is somewhat shallow and the water is really good temperature so it's it's all for all ages which is really good great to see you here in rd today and good luck with all you do this coming year cheers thank you thanks shane thanks so much indeed joan martin ceo of loud county council are you getting in joan (laughs) i am not jerry i only like my water hot with tea in it (laughs) (laughs) on a serious note you're right behind this wonderful initiative in rd from loud county council's perspective oh absolutely the minute swim ireland offered us the opportunity we grabbed it with both hands Uh, there was a waiting list and we wanted to get in there as quickly as possible so we're just delighted that in a few short months we've come from talking around a table to standing around a pool (laughs) (laughs) and Joan like long term I'm sure people listening today in RD and the greater RD area would hope that one day they might have a permanent pool is that a, a, a dream or is it something that may be a reality in the years to come well, I think people hope all kinds yes. of things, Jerry. as you know. Um, we have two pools, two municipal pools, one in Dundalk and one in Drogheda, both only a hen's race down the road. I, I don't know. I mean, the whole of Ireland has changed a lot with COVID and an awful lot more activity in outdoor. Who knows in the future what will happen? But at the moment, this is our commitment in RD, was this particular um, venture with a three-month visit by a pop-up pool. Um, and we'll see, we'll see what happens after that. But we certainly don't have any plans yes. at the moment. Yeah. And there are so many demands. I know that and everybody has a want and a need. It's difficult. It's a big challenge always for you, isn't it? Ah, well, this is it. There's, uh, there's, there's always more wants than, than money. Of course, of <laughs> That's course. for sure. Of course. But well done to you and great to back this wonderful initiative, Joan, here. I'm delighted to be here today. This Thank is great. you. Thank you. Una May, CEO of Sport Ireland. And really, I've been told, and I know this, you are the people, Una, who've made this happen in RD. Well, look, we're really, really excited to be part of this. And, and we aren't alone in making something like this happen. We've been, we've been lucky. We've been able to access dormant account funding. And, and that has really facilitated this. But we couldn't do it on our own. This requires a full partnership between ourselves, the, the national governing bodies from Ireland, and the local authority who really make these things happen. You know, if it's just financial assistance, we've been able to provide that. But it's the collaboration that really makes it go from cash to, to an actual living well bubbling (laughs) activity centre which you know is really fantastic from our point of view it opens up opportunities for people from all kinds of disadvantaged communities disadvantaged groups a lot of the work we do through our dormant accounts opens up opportunities for people who are not otherwise easily accessing physical activity opportunities so we're thrilled to be part of this and your aim is always to bring sport to the masses and this is another little part of that policy it is it's a a really fantastic possibility and I suppose 
what's what we really are very pleased with with Swim Ireland is their attitude and similarly with, with um, Loud County Council is to take the opportunities to grasp these opportunities by the, by the neck and go for them they are innovative they're not necessarily they weren't t- tried and tested when Loud committed to this and we have been trying it and testing it now and we've been very very pleased with the success of the programme it's really fantastic and a great crowd here this morning to welcome everybody and launch this lovely lovely to see so many and a huge commitment to see so many councillors all the, the key authority people in, in the area who really can see how much swimming can contribute to their community and how much there is a need and a gap and a demand for this kind of activity brilliant to be able to bring it to them in, in a really innovative way you know well done Una and uh, thanks indeed on behalf of the people of Ardy and the greater Ardy area for putting this in place for the next few months it's wonderful that's uh, fantastic fantastic and I really look forward to hearing the success and look forward to, to hearing about all the kids who've tried it out and who've come in here and doing their swim lessons and learned how to swim we're an island nation we need everybody to be able to swim and you know the opportunities that will bring them then to introduce them to a whole load more water sports is really valuable there's plenty of coastal area and loud so once they learn how to swim they can enjoy those waters to maximum benefit no excuses rd get cracking get booking you can go up there there's lessons going on it's a beautiful heated pool and it's open to everybody of all abilities if you uh, want to go up and uh, book in they look after your abilities whatever your ability is they want to hear from you and there's a special help there if you find it a little bit difficult getting in and out of the pool as well that's in place also can you swim louise did you learn to swim do you remember learning i remember you you did say you'd get me swim but no you still? Mm-hmm. No. God, God I, no, no, I, that just I actually get my... shivers even thinking of going into a pool. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you've never learned to swim. So what do you do when you go, you just paddle? I just, I just, just remember paddle, as a child, you? I did go for swimming lessons. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. like, I think the the instructor at the time put the fear of God into me and I never oh, went back. Oh, no, no. Is it something you'd like to learn? Would you like to learn to swim? Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I probably sure. would down the line, maybe. Mm. But I'm the type of person I can't even go in. I can't even wash my hair in the shower. I have to get out and put my head over the bath. <laughs> I can't have the water and the shampoo all going into my eyes. I'd freak out. Oh no! <laughs> but you have to want it. You know what I mean? You'd have to want yeah. it yourself to do it, and I understand mm. that as well. But isn't maybe this down the line? Yeah, isn't this great for the people of Ardy and the surrounding areas? <laughs> lessons go. It's there for three months. Swimireland.ie. Go in and check it out. You can book lessons, book times with them there. They want to hear from you. They'll welcome you with open arms. It's warm, it's lovely, and it's something that uh, you can say you've experienced over the coming weeks. It's there till the end of March. Swimireland.ie. Get in touch with them, and they'd be delighted to facilitate you. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next, we're going to talk about going remote when it comes to work. Many people are returning to work today after the Christmas break. Lucky ducks. And with this in mind, Meath County Council have launched its Go Remote campaign. And to tell me more, I'm joined by Meath County Council Broadband Officer Cormac McCann. Hello, Cormac. Good afternoon. What's this about? What what are Meath County Council hoping to achieve or do? Well, really, we know that Meath has the largest commuting times in the country. People are, a lot of people are spending over uh, an hour getting to and an hour getting back home uh, from, from work every day. And really, people have sort of learned through COVID and whatnot, sorry to go back to that, that they can't, a lot of jobs can be done remotely. And uh, we're trying to encourage people to, to look at that as a viable option, um, that if 
people do have either technical or, or physical difficulties with actually working from their own house, that there is the potential of using um, a remote working or a co-working hub uh, somewhere where they can work out of sort of a an office, or, you know, much closer to home, um, to really make that a viable option to get people to stay in their communities an awful lot more and make more time for themselves. Makes sense. There are remote working hubs in Meath, of course. So are you addressing this to people who are in jobs currently to say, look, have a look at this, especially the hubs? Or are you saying to people, if you're working in a job where there's a big commute involved either way, are there opportunities elsewhere? True, true. Like we, we would be linking in this with uh, Grow Remote, which is a, a national network and even gone international encouraging and supporting people who do work remotely and on their website they have a jobs board which currently has over 300 remote working jobs and there's no reason why those jobs couldn't go to people living in County Meath. Mm. So this is an opportunity for a change of lifestyle aligned with a change of career? Indeed, well not even necessarily a change of career like we would know from the people we've been talking with and some that feature in the video that we're running as part of this initial tranche, um, the people are saving several hours a day simply by doing their own job, but by working in uh, a remote working hub uh, like the one in Trim or, or from somewhere else, uh, much closer to the home, and it's saving times and saving stress and making life an awful lot easier for people. So again, it's two-pronged here. Mainly you're yeah. saying to people, there is a facility in me than Trim, or perhaps look at your own place of uh, residence and, and, and operating from there and have a look at this in more detail. This is what you're really prompting people to, uh, you know, find out more from yourselves and explore this. Yes, yes, very much so. We're, we're, I think there are a number of facets to it. Um, we're trying to encourage people, yes, um, really to try and look and see what can be done um, to make their lives an awful lot easier by working from home, working remotely or, or looking at alternatives where you can do those things. You mentioned Trim. Kilskeer, there's a community activity centre there. I see Tom Gilson is talking about his work in a place like that. And, uh, you know, it's great to hear that people have opportunities as well as that. You know, some people find it hard and you know what I'm talking about, to be on their own a lot of the time. But the hubs uh, give you the best of both worlds. They do, they do. Like the, the guys in, in Kilskeer have a fantastic facility there. Um, very nice working environment um, where they're able to have a few offices there and they have sort of a, a co-working space. Um, we've also great facilities out there in Athboy mm. um, and, and even um, in Deer Park up in Coronstown. There's some lovely facilities across the county that um, are already facilitating, facilitating remote working. Um, are people are working there and more are in development. Which is uh, great to hear. It's awful dead time, isn't it, Cormac, when you think of at least two hours and maybe more a day, five days a week. And with people able to, you know, whether work from home or get to a hub in much shorter space of time, so there's greater productivity. It's a win-win all round, isn't it? It is. Like, like if you only have to go in, if it's not full-time even... Being able to work remotely two or three days yes. a week saves yes. you an awful lot of time, reduces an awful lot of stress, means you can be there for your family and, and the wider community to actually get involved in life and not just be coming home to sleep. Mm, and, and that's where people were doing bed to work for uh, five days and then trying to replenish their energy at the weekend. It's a fine initiative. I, I really uh, like it and that's why I wanted to highlight it today. Where would people get more information uh, online? 
Well, we have a, a website um, set up uh, on the meet.ie forward slash uh, go remote. You'll be able to look on there. Um, a lot of the um, hubs that we have onboarded um, are actually a part of the Connected Hubs Network, which is sponsored and supported by the Department of Rural and Community Development. Um, so there's an awful lot of options there for people. Great stuff. Thank you for highlighting this with us today. Good luck with it. Thank you very much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. That's Cormac McCann there, who's the Mead Broadband Officer. It's called the Go Remote Campaign, and you can find out more mead.ie forward slash go remote. That's mead.ie forward slash go remote. If you're in a job and you're looking for a possibility or a place to go to a hub, lots of information there. And as he mentioned there, there are many other job opportunities on the jobs board there as well. Five, four... Three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... 2003, this very week, 20 years ago. We're looking at the top five all this week on Late Lunch. That's from the UK Singles Chart. And at number five in the chart that week in January was a debut double-A-sided single from a British boy band called One True Voice. Do you remember them? Well, how did they happen? There was an ITV series called Pop Stars The Rivals and it was the forerunner to um, many programmes subsequently. And I, I remember it well actually myself. And what they did was... They aimed to form a boy band and a girl band and they would compete for the Christmas number one. Well, today's song didn't make it to number one. It made it to number two at Christmas time, but it was number five when we came to this week in January of 2003. And uh, the song itself is originally written and produced by the Bee Gees in 2001 from their album This Is Where I Came In but let's have a listen to the number 5 in the UK singles charts from this week 20 years ago in 2003 yes it is One True Voice I'm meant to fight it to the finish But you made me forget I know it's possible I'm dreaming Don't wake me, yeah You know I love you I can't see the day from night Yes, the number five this week in 2003. One true voice and sacred trust after you're gone, Louise. You're not impressed with that one. No. Stop laughing. Bob the Builder. Is that what you said? To I me? just, it's, it's kind of something like you hear on the, at the end of a Christmas special for yeah. Bob the Builder or Rory the Racing Car or something. You know, la 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 la. See all the characters dancing. <laughs> <laughs> this chart idea was a good, good good idea in theory, but there are some bangers in there for sure. Anyway, it gets better from tomorrow on, I be- believe you, How me. How get to number five? Number five? It was five. It actually got to number two. It was the Christmas oh, number two. It was the Christmas. See, it was from one of those series, yeah, I betcha. It, it was the Christmas number two in 2002. Like that show, you know, the... Um, Pop stars, the rivals. You were going to say Bob the Builder. <laughs> <laughs> Pop stars, the rivals was the precursor of X Factor. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was the before that time, and uh, 
And what came out of it was a girl band and a boy band and the girl band are featured for sure later in the week and it is a good one. But anyway, the charts get better 2003 this week in January from Tuesday on. Don't lose heart, I promise you. Don't lose heart. Yes, there are so many of you uh, telling us who you'd like to have dinner with, who you'd invite over and what you'd prepare for them. Tarina Corrigan, thank you for getting in touch with us today. Tarina says... Rory Cowan of, yes, uh, Mrs. Brown's boys fame uh, is her choice as her dinner guest. And Serena would cook roast dinner, a full roast dinner with cheesecake. Oh, Serena, I'm salivating even thinking about it. We're going to make our call to somebody out there today. So if you have been in touch with us, stand by your phone. Get ready to answer. Your phone should be ringing shortly. Here we go. Here we go. Let's hope we get an answer. Let's see. It's ringing. Hello? Mary? Yes? Hello, Mary. Is that Mary Burke? Yes, speaking. Mary, do you know who this is calling you this afternoon? Not true. Sorry, no. It's Jerry Kelly from LMFM Radio's Late Lunch Show. Mary? (laughs) No, Mary, it is. It is me. This is not. This is for the crack. This is well, well. Well, there you are. You did it for the crack, and you're live on LMFM Radio for the crack as well, Mary. How are you, Mary? How's the form? No, it's Mary. You sent me in a wee message earlier on, telling me that tell the listeners who would you who would you love to invite to your house for dinner. Go on, tell them who you said. Oh, Bradley Walsh. Mary, I can just imagine you and Bradley Walsh together. It'd just be a ball of laughs from beginning to end. Tell them what you'd cook them, Mary. Tell them what you'd cook them. I would cook them my special chicken curry and pavlova. I know people love all that. Oh, Mary, I'm so jealous of Bradley Walsh because I love me curry and I adore pavlova as well. Tell us about your special chicken curry. Why is your chicken curry special, Mary? There's a secret. It's a secret ingredient. I can't tell you. Can you not? <laughs> but 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 it lifts it to a different well, level, does it, Mary? It's, yeah, it's hot. Oh, Mary, Mary. I feel the water running down the walls of your kitchen when yourself and Bradley are there. It gets hot, hot, hot with the chicken curry. Anyway, Mary. He's lovely. He's lovely. He really is. And we honestly thought, what a wonderful choice to have with you. He is the most brilliant... And you would just see me dead. He's my ideal man. Oh, oh Mary. Is he? He's your, he's your dream man, is he? He is, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. We are on to something here. There's a match made in heaven happening in late lunch this afternoon. Mary. Oh <laughs> Mary, tell us, where are you in the northeast today? I'm here in Jalikin County. Good woman yourself. Oh, stop. I and can't believe there's something even have to phone. I'm... And Mary, tell us, I, I don't mean to pry in your personal circumstances, <laughs> but are you in the market for a man? I'm not going to... <laughs> Just say I'm a widow. Oh, all right, that's okay, Mary. That's okay. No problem. No problem at all. <laughs> anyway, Mary, the good news is this. For, for just doing something for the crack and sending us in your, your WhatsApp message, Mary Burke, I have a 100 euro, one for all... Voucher just for you today, okay? I can't believe this. There you go. 
from Cash and Carry Kitchens. I know, it's hilarious. There you go. There you go. You have 100 euros. So after you get Bradley over and you raise the temperature, you and Bradley, in your kitchen with your curry... You then can organise a second oh, date you with can your have yes, a second date, Mary, with your one for all voucher. Then I you have a hundred euros to take them wherever you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm actually ah, <laughs> oh, listen, you're the I best. Do, I was literally said to the table, said, "You know who I here's my was going, You know, I just put in for the crack. Bradley was this ah. Uh, well, well, there you are. It just shows you. Oh, listen, you're a winner. You're a winner on late lunch this afternoon, Mary. And you're such fun and joy as well. And that laugh is just infectious. You're just making other people happy this afternoon. Anyway, Mary. You're very welcome. And keep cooking that lovely chicken curry and pavlova because you have found the way to a man's heart for sure. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Mary, God bless you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Isn't she just fantastic? Oh, what a woman. Mary Burke in Duleek. Well done to you. Well done to you, Mary. And congratulations. Tomorrow, it's a thousand euro from Cash and Carry Kitchens themselves. A voucher up for grabs. Tell us tomorrow on the show. Yeah, there'll be loads in today. Plenty of time tomorrow. Who you'd invite for dinner, what you'd cook for them and why. And if you're as good a sport as Mary Burke, well, good luck to you all tomorrow. Anyone in today, you're in for tomorrow anyway and for the rest of the week. So if you haven't entered, you'll have plenty of opportunity tomorrow from 1.30. We're coming live from Cash and Carry Kitchens. Next up, LMFM Radio is Eddie Caffrey. We'll see you tomorrow at half one with that thousand euro to give away. It's going to be a great day on Tuesday. Leaving you today with Dermot Kennedy. See you tomorrow. Bye. There's lessons in love sometimes The heart is but a winding road Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.